Chapter twenty two of The Law and the Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wiebke Müller. The Law and the Lady by Wilkie Collins. Chapter twenty two. The Major Makes Difficulties. As I opened the dining-room door, the Major hastened to meet me. He looked the brightest and the youngest of living elderly gentlemen, with his smart blue frock-coat, his winning smile, his ruby ring, and his ready compliment. It was quite cheering to meet the modern Don Juan once more. "'I don't ask after your health,' said the old gentleman. "'Your eyes answer me, my dear lady, before I can put the question. At your age a long sleep is the true beauty draught.' plenty of bed there is the simple secret of keeping your good looks and living a long life plenty of bed i have not been so long in my bed major as you suppose to tell the truth i have been up all night reading major fitzdavid lifted his well-painted eyebrows in polite surprise what is the happy book which has interested you so deeply he asked the book i answered is the trial of my husband for the murder of his first wife don't mention that horrid book he exclaimed don't speak of that dreadful subject what have beauty and grace to do with trials poisonings horrors why my charming friend profane your lips by talking of such things why frighten away the loves and the graces that lie hid in your smile humour an old fellow who adores the love and the graces and who asks nothing better than to sun himself in your smiles luncheon is ready let us be cheerful let us laugh and lunch he led me to the table and filled my plate and my glass with the air of a man who considered himself to be engaged in one of the most important occupations of his life benjamin kept the conversation going in the interval major fitzdavid brings you some news my dear he said your mother-in-law mrs macallan is coming here to see you to-day my mother-in-law coming to see me i turned eagerly to the major for further information has mrs macallan heard anything of my husband i asked is she coming here to tell me about him she has heard of him i believe said the major and she has also heard from your uncle the vicar our excellent starkweather has written to her to what purpose i have not been informed i only know that on receipt of his letter she has decided on paying you a visit i met the old lady last night at a party and i tried hard to discover whether she were coming to you as your friend or your enemy my powers of persuasion were completely thrown away on her the fact is said the major speaking in the character of a youth of five-and-twenty making a modest confession i don't get on well with old women take the will for the deed my sweet friend i have tried to be of some use to you and have failed those words offered me the opportunity for which i was waiting i determined not to lose it you can be of the greatest use to me i said if you will allow me to presume major on your past kindness i want to ask you a question and i may have a favour to beg when you have answered me major fitzdavid set down his wine-glass on its way to his lips and looked at me with an appearance of breathless interest command me my dear lady i am yours and yours only said the gallant old gentleman what do you wish to ask me i wish to ask if you know miserrimus dexter good heavens cried the major that is an unexpected question no miserrimus dexter i have known him for more years than i like to reckon up what can be your object i can tell you what my object is in two words i interposed i want you to give me an introduction to miserrimus dexter my impression is that the major turned pale under his paint 
this at any rate is certain his sparkling little grey eyes looked at me in undisguised bewilderment and alarm you want to know miserrimus dexter he repeated with the air of a man who doubted the evidence of his own senses mr benjamin have i taken too much of your excellent wine am i the victim of a delusion or did our fair friend really ask me to give her an introduction to miserrimus dexter benjamin looked at me in some bewilderment on his side and answered quite seriously i think you said so my dear i certainly said so i rejoined what is there so very surprising in my request the man is mad cried the major in all england you could not have picked out a person more essentially unfit to be introduced to a lady to a young lady especially than dexter have you heard of his horrible deformity i have heard of it and it doesn't daunt me doesn't daunt you my dear lady the man's mind is as deformed as his body what voltaire said satirically of the character of his countrymen in general is literally true of miserrimus dexter he is a mixture of the tiger and the monkey at one moment he would frighten you and at the next he would set you screaming with laughter i don't deny that he is clever in some respects brilliantly clever i admit and i don't say that he has ever committed any acts of violence or ever willingly injured anybody but for all that he is mad if ever a man were mad yet forgive me if the inquiry is impertinent what can your motive possibly be for wanting an introduction to miserrimus dexter i want to consult him may i ask on what subject on the subject of my husband's trial major fitzdavid groaned and sought a momentary consolation in his friend benjamin's claret that dreadful subject again he exclaimed mr benjamin why does she persist in dwelling on that dreadful subject i must dwell on what is now the one employment and the one hope of my life i said i have reason to hope that miserrimus dexter can help me to clear my husband's character of the stain which the scotch verdict has left on it tiger and monkey as he may be i am ready to run the risk of being introduced to him and i ask you again rashly and obstinately as i fear you will think to give me the introduction it will put you to no inconvenience i won't trouble you to escort me a letter to mr dexter will do the major looked piteously at benjamin and shook his head benjamin looked piteously at the major and shook his head she appears to insist on it said the major yes said benjamin she appears to insist on it i won't take the responsibility mr benjamin of sending her alone to miserrimus dexter shall i go with her sir the major reflected benjamin and the capacity of protector did not appear to inspire our military friend with confidence after a moment's consideration a new idea seemed to strike him he turned to me my charming friend he said be more charming than ever consent to a compromise let us treat this difficulty about dexter from a social point of view what do you say to a little dinner a little dinner i repeated not in the least understanding him a little dinner the major reiterated at my house you insist on my introducing you to dexter and i refuse to trust you alone with that crack-brained personage the only alternative under the circumstances is to invite him to meet you and to let you form your own opinion of him under the protection of my roof who shall we have to meet you besides pursued the major brightening with hospitable intentions 
we want a perfect galaxy of beauty around the table as a species of compensation when we have got miserrimus dexter as one of the guests madame mirlifleur is still in london you would be sure to like her she is charming she possesses your firmness your extraordinary tenacity of purpose yes we will have madame mirlifleur who else shall we say lady clarinda another charming person mr benjamin you would be sure to admire her she is so sympathetic she resembles in so many respects our fair friend here yes lady clarinda shall be one of us and you shall sit next to her mr benjamin as a proof of my sincere regard for you shall we have my young prima donna to sing to us in the evening i think so she is pretty she will assist in obscuring the deformity of dexter very well there's our party complete i will shut myself up this evening and approach the question of dinner with my cook shall we say this day week asked the major taking out his pocket-book at eight o'clock i consented to the proposed compromise but not very willingly with a letter of introduction i might have seen miserrimus dexter that afternoon as it was the little dinner compelled me to wait in absolute inaction through a whole week however there was no help for it but to submit major fitzdavid in his polite way could be as obstinate as i was he had evidently made up his mind and further opposition on my part would be of no service to me punctually at eight mr benjamin reiterated the major put it down in your book benjamin obeyed with a side look at me which i was at no loss to interpret my good old friend did not relish meeting a man at dinner who was described as half tiger half monkey and the privilege of sitting next to lady clarinda rather daunted than delighted him it was all my doing and he too had no choice but to submit punctually at eight sir said poor old benjamin obediently recording his formidable engagement please to take another glass of wine the major looked at his watch and rose with fluent apologies for abruptly leaving the table it is later than i thought he said i have an appointment with a friend a female friend a most attractive person you a little remind me of her my dear lady you resemble her in complexion the same creamy paleness i adore creamy paleness as i was saying i have an appointment with my friend she does me the honour to ask my opinion on some very remarkable specimens of old lace i have studied old lace i study everything that can make me useful or agreeable to your enchanting sex you won't forget our little dinner i will send dexter's invitation the moment i get home he took my hand and looked at it critically with his head a little on one side a delicious hand he said you don't mind me looking at it you don't mind my kissing it do you a delicious hand is one of my weaknesses forgive my weaknesses i promise to repent and amend one of these days at your age major do you think you have much time to lose asked a strange voice speaking behind us we all three looked around toward the door there stood my husband's mother smiling satirically with benjamin's shy little maid-servant waiting to announce her major fitzdavid was ready with his answer the old soldier was not easily taken by surprise age my dear mrs macallan is a purely relative expression he said there are some people who are never young and there are other people who are never old i am one of the other people au revoir with that answer the incorrigible major kissed the tips of his fingers to us and walked out 
benjamin bowing with his old-fashioned courtesy threw open the door of his little library and inviting mrs macallan and myself to pass in left us together in the room End of chapter twenty two